0: Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thanks so much for joining me today for our Flourish Podcast. We're working on a little series, like a a teaching about our willingness to face the frailties in our lives. And I've been encouraging people to slow down and really consider if there are some perhaps debilitating frailties or just frailties that need addressed or need help in our lives. And I started going over three or seven areas or reasons why perhaps we may not be willing to get help. The first reason was that we could tend to think we're too busy. The second reason is that we tend to think, maybe this is just too trivial. Why would I bother to look at this when it, it seems so trivial in light of everything else going on in the world, in the church, whatever. Number three, too painful. It just hurts too much to go look at these things. They're deep, deep wounds, perhaps. They're deep things from our past or or deep things in in current relationships that are just deeply painful, and I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to delve into it. Number four, it seems carnal. These things seem so fleshly. They don't seem spiritual. They seem trite. Number five would be too proud, that we're just too proud. We're unwilling to be less than perfect. And perhaps, need to appear infallible. I remember a time years ago when uh, a mentor to me, I, I, I had said to her something about going forward for prayer for a particular area of my life, just a weakness. It wasn't anything like shocking, but she advised me not to because as a pastor's wife, I needed to appear as though I had it together and I was strong. And I get that to a large degree. There's definitely truth to that. But there's also truth to the fact that I am very much less than perfect and I am very much fallible. Frailty and strength live together. Let me say that again. Frailty and strength live together. One does not eliminate the other. One story that has stood out to me always is the story of, King Uzziah. He was a king in Israel. He was highly blessed. He was a king from a very young age. He was prosperous, blessed, highly favored of God. And Second Chronicles 26, 15, and 16 <clears throat> tells us that Uzziah was marvelously helped until he became strong. And then he lost sense of his neediness, his vulnerability, and his reliance on God. I don't ever want to become that way. I don't want to ever forget how desperate I am for God. I don't know how many of you feel it as much as I feel it, but I guess I've seen so many times what happens when I lose sight of whose I am and whom I'm trusting. I've seen too many outcomes from that, too many times where I just am derailed by forgetting that I am completely dependent on God's strength and ability in my life. I'm sure there's always the temptation to think, "Um, I'm a mature Christian. I can handle this. I got this. I can do this kind of on my own in a a sense. I remember Pastor Rick Paladin one time saying, self-help is like going to the person for help who got you in trouble in the first place. And isn't that the truth? Sometimes we think, I don't want to burden anyone else. I don't want other people to know about these issues in my life. I'll just handle it myself. I'm strong enough. I'm wise enough. I've been a Christian long enough. I can handle this. I can help myself in this. That's a great quote. Going to the person for help who got you in trouble in the first place. We are not self-contained people. God meant us to live in community. He meant us to need one another. Um, I believe the level of humility and vulnerability we walk in regarding our personal and leadership lives is commensurate with the level of restoration and wholeness we will walk in and minister in. People that, and I'm not just saying, oh, just go around being self-deprecating or just confessing to everyone your weaknesses or frailties. But being willing to find the right people, the right source of help, obviously, first and foremost, God, and being laid bare before God and willing to just lay it out. Okay, God, this is true about me. This is true. I am this way. I do have this thing. I do struggle with this. And not try to avoid it at all costs, but then going even beyond that at times and saying, I'm going to get help from others as well. The Bible talks about praying for one another that you might be healed. Confess your sins, it says, and pray for one another that you might be healed. That's not a bad thing. It's not bad to go. I, I, I dare think what would happen if some of these folks that have fallen in ministry, and there have been many, had gone to someone they trust and someone that's trustworthy and said, I am dealing with legitimate lust in my life. I don't know what to do. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with giving in and acting on these things and really put themselves in a place of vulnerability and accountability. What could have happened with their lives? How many gifted, anointed people have been derailed because they wouldn't face their frailties. They wouldn't be vulnerable. They would not be open with others because they were too proud. They felt they had to be perfect. Next, along the same lines, too ashamed. People will no longer respect me or love me if they know I'm weak. I am a weak person or I am the, quote, counseled rather than the counselor. And again, Discretion and being appropriate in the ways we share with the appropriate people is vital. It's so important. Frailties shared well, encourage. Poorly shared frailties, discourage. I used to teach my leadership team some principles from a book called John Wesley Class Meetings which talked a lot about um, the origins and the methodology of the Methodist religion and, and the type of things that they did. And one of the things that they did was meet regularly and confess their sins to one another. They believed in that. They felt that that was the right thing to do. And let me just say, the leaders led the way in humility and authenticity. They didn't opt out when they were going around sharing their weaknesses or their frailties or their even sins to one another they were real they were honest and if they weren't then i'm sure they became disqualified fairly quickly in that whole process so we can't be ashamed we can't be afraid that oh my gosh i'm going to lose my role in ministry if if i if if even my pastor finds out that i struggle with this or this attitude or even this sin or or this thing that just keeps plaguing me, this fear, this uh, intimidation, this anger, this resentment, or I have an issue toward someone that I have refused to resolve. Maybe I've talked to strong, strong Christians that have had offense toward others in the body for years, some toward their mate, some toward their children, some toward parents, some toward other Christians, some toward their pastor or their worship leader, that they've been offended for years, but they just keep plugging away. Who knows what all the reasons are? Again, maybe they're ashamed. Maybe they think, if I tell what I'm really dealing with or what's been in my heart, and I'm not just saying, again, like a thing that comes up and you deal with it and move on. I'm talking about something that is a weakness, that is a frailty, that is plaguing you, that won't let go, that seems incurable, that could possibly put your limb completely out of joint and you could become lame from it. Those are the things we have to say. I cannot let this go. I have to move forward and get help. I'm not going to be derailed or ruined based on this thing that I refuse to get help or be open about. And then last, they don't know how to get help. How do I get help? What do I do? How do I move forward? Yes, I'm dealing with this thing. Yes, I'm ashamed of it. Yes, I don't really want to bring it to someone. But if I do, what? how do I do that? Who do I seek out? Find someone trustworthy and loyal, first and foremost. Someone that you know is not going to be thrown for a loop by what you say. Probably not someone that you're mentoring. Uh, there was a time where I was going through some struggles in my life. And I certainly shared them with my team of leaders around me and said, Hey, could you pray for me about this? This is, I didn't feel I needed to be, oh, this perfect individual around them. I just didn't. I, I didn't want to be. So uh, yeah, you just have to find the appropriate, loyal, trustworthy people that you can be vulnerable with. Pursue a plan of help and accountability. Fight for your future. Fight. For the destiny of God in your life, fight to be the oak of righteousness that He's called you to be. Fight for it. I personally went to a counselor. I went to a Christian counselor, and I went to her for probably a couple of years, and still touch base with her here and there, probably a couple times a year. Why? Because I'm far from perfect, and I sometimes need an outside perspective to help me see things. It's so important, again, that we are serious about considering the needs in our lives, the frailties. Where are we weak? Where are we not firm or durable? Where are we in need of some kind of care? And are we willing to allow someone to bring that liberty, to bind up our broken heart, to comfort us, to bring health to us? Ignoring character weaknesses and long-term issues that have left us liable to error in order to minister to others is not a virtue, and it does not give us brownie points with God or anyone else. God is after a pure, vulnerable, tender heart, not a callous, guarded, hard-hearted heart with walls. Discretion is not the same as disguise. Let me say that again. Discretion is not the same as disguise. I'm not mildly insinuating that you have to be perfect to minister, but you have to be real and get help when you need it. I've been in ministry for many years, many times. I should have slowed down sooner and said, help, I need help. I'm laboring with one arm tied behind my back. And even in our own ranks with NRP, some have fallen due to an unwillingness to consider or face their frailties, and that led them to disqualification. Pride does come before a fall. Many people never believed that they would fall prey to the ruining schemes of Satan, but they were ignoring the sometimes subtle red flags in their lives of loneliness, discouragement, dissatisfaction, lack of vision, lack of love, lust, had there been a door for assistance, had they allowed a door, the outcome could have been radically different. For my own self, you know, Keith and I have been married a lot of years. We have eight kids, 16 grandkids, which I used to say, well, actually, 15 grandkids, which I used to say was 16. So I just recently realized, oh, wait a minute, I have 15 grandkids and two more on the way. But there came time for me, and again, not just once, but many times, to delve deeper into the things that were slowing me down. I had prayed, journaled, repented from, had others pray for me. But there were times when there were appointed learning curves, so to speak, where God apprehended me to take me to a stronger place, a more settled place. Not necessarily being put off the track, but being put in a place where, okay, I've anointed this time to set you apart a bit, to receive some strengthening in an area, to receive some deeper healing, to receive some strength. And honestly, the results were positive. I was strengthened. I was affirmed where I needed to be. I was redirected in areas where maybe I believed a lie. My marriage was strengthened and refreshed. My relationships with my kids needed some realignment in some ways, and, and I received that. Um, it's just important to go there, to surrender, to have a surrendered, uh, vulnerable, broken heart before God. You may have a frailty that's more obvious to others than it is to you. Maybe ask your spouse, ask somebody that you trust, is there is this thing really an issue in me? Maybe you just need strength and encouraged and listened to and called up. God wants wholeness in our lives. God wants to help us. He wants to strengthen our frailties. He wants to take us back to that place where we return again and again and perhaps even utilize some other resources for help in returning. Thanks for joining me for these thoughts about facing our frailties. I hope they help you. I hope if you're someone who has been reluctant to go there, that maybe you'll take a step and say, you know what? I can do this thing. I can, I can get a little help for this. I can share this with someone reliable. God bless you. Love you. Hope Hope that you are encouraged and strengthened and that God helps you in these places that are weak. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.